This is Overdrive Radio. I'm Todd Dills, and today we're talking to team owner ops Gary and Undina Caraway, who will have been married 30 years this October. They've been trucking together for just seven or so, though, as you'll hear toward the end of our talk. We recorded in the press room at the Mid American Trucking Show a few weeks back, and apologize for background noise, which on occasion gets a little loud for my liking, and I'm sure yours, but the Caraways have a story to tell, so bear with us. That story involving a company I know some truckers just quote, love to death, well, love to hate might be a better way to describe how many feel about them, the Amazon online retailing giant in expansion mode with distribution centers now all around the country for years and continuing to multiply. Prior to Matt's, Gary had written me about a van load he came to working with his leasing carrier, Mercer. It's a load that two, nearly two weeks later, when the physical ramifications of it were over entirely, it left such a bad taste in his and Ondina's mouths that he says unequivocally, we only pulled one load for Amazon and we'll never pull for them again. Here's Gary with the beginnings of that load story. This particular problem with Amazon was Amazon's problem. Yep. Amazon only. Quite simply, we had a load that we delivered in Phoenix, Arizona. Getting out of Phoenix, you know, was the next issue. You know, as you're making your delivery, you got to find something to get out if you haven't already, you know, planned ahead. And uh, it was getting close to the weekend, so you know, Mercer's bored. You know, it's there. You can pick and you can go on and try to get one, but come Monday, you know, that's when somebody is actually there that can dispatch you on it. So we got in there. I dropped the load and we booked another load. And we had to deadhead from Phoenix up to Vegas. That was a long deadhead, you know. But hey, this load paid pretty good for the miles on there, so I'll go on and I'll do that. We were we were ahead on money, you know. So okay, you know, I had a good load getting to Phoenix, so I felt pretty good about everything. A little bit of deadhead. Well, that goes right across the Hoover. That's a nice area to drive. So you know, we had a day to get there. Cool. The ticket said drop at 12 o'clock, pick it up at 4. We dropped at 12 o'clock. We got there about 11.30, as I always do. And Dropped uh, your trailer. Dropped empty. my trailer, yeah, yeah empty. Went down and to the local. Went down to the pilot. And, uh, well, it wasn't the pilot, was it? It was... No, it was, it was that a, place across the street. I can't remember the yeah. name of it. Okay. But no, it was we like went to a, truck stop. a mile yeah. or two down the road. It wasn't very far. And then uh, came back four hours truck's not ready give us uh, another hour so we pulled out on the street in the no parking area to park they said everybody does it you know so we took a chance you know and we're sitting right by a no parking sign you know it's always you know in the back of your head everybody what if? Does it. and uh, but it was right across from the entrance to the this gate is, you know this is an Amazon, Amazon facility, Amazon yeah. facility yeah. Uh, warehouse yeah and so came back an hour later still not done give us a couple hours 7.30 came back in two and a half hours still not ready we'll call you give us your number <clears throat> okay but I'm not going to sit out here on the curb it's already 7.30 I'm bobtailing so I said I, hopefully I can find me a spot at the truck stop so not having a trailer so we went on down to that truck stop, had dinner, um, never got a phone call, went to sleep in the truck. I said, sure as shooting, about the time I get to sleep, they're going to call me. 
that didn't happen either. Next morning, I realized that they had called during the night. It was about 6 o'clock in the morning when I woke up. Okay. They called at 4.40 in the morning to let me know and left me a message that my trailer was ready to be picked up. So I woke up a little ticked off, you know. Sure. Number one, I slept all the way through it, you know, which I don't normally do. I'm such a light sleeper. So I called Mercer, left a message for them that my trailer was ready, went down, picked up the trailer. We were out of there about 8 o'clock. Okay. Somewhere around there, yeah. Uh, took them a while, you know, still to do the paperwork and whatever. Picked up the trailer, we're gone. And that was Friday, Thursday afternoon. And uh, we had to deliver Sunday morning at 4 a.m. Another one of those stupid appointment I, I don't really understand but uh, <clears throat> it was then that I pulled up the app because I got to fill out Mercer's app you know with the criteria on the BOL you know, the weight and everything else on there so I put that up and I noticed down at the bottom of that in the little notes section that I am to drop the trailer for 12 to 48 hours I go ah crap I didn't see that so now I can't get a load I'm dropping it at 12 or four o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, and I won't be able to get a load for 48 hours. I can't book ahead. So, long story short, we got there, we dropped the trailer. Um, I got there early, and um, what was the guard when we were going out? Oh, yeah. The guard said, No, hardly ever takes more than 24 hours. You should, you should be good. They're a local truck stop around here. Yeah, there's a pilot right over here, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. Directions. We got over there, got to the pilot, and it's wall-to-wall with bobtails. Everywhere. I said, wow, Amazon does a lot of business here. You know, wow, how about that? You know, there's other warehouses around there, too. So, uh, you know, didn't think much more about it. We get up the next morning and have breakfast at the Denny's inside, and... Um, a guy happens to make a comment that he's been there since Thursday. I go, excuse me? Thursday? It's Sunday? Yeah, and they still haven't got my damn trailer done. I go down there every day. They won't give me a phone number to call. I got to physically go down there, blah, blah, blah. Ah, oh, crap. Hey, Mercer. We, you know, this is what I got. You know, hang in there, you know. You know, none of us are thinking it, it can't be that bad. It's got to be an isolated deal, right? right, right. <clears throat> There's another driver and another driver. And yeah, then, you're just hearing from more and more of them as the yeah. time goes by. Yeah. And then uh, my 48 hours are up. Trailer's not done. I call Hub Group. That's who everything is through that's who called me and yeah. you know if there's any problems let us know blah 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 they're kind of like okay. the, 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 the logistics the provider with yeah. Right. Amazon yeah. that's who Mercer booked it through so they couldn't give me anything on there they said I'll give you a call back I didn't hear back uh, next another day has gone by and I'm talking Mercer and well I'll tell you what we've got a couple FedEx loads that we can put you on power only so we'll let you do those, you know, and make some money, and hopefully we'll get all this done. We'll pay you deadhead to go down there and get that, you know, and we'll pay you deadhead to come back. <clears throat> okay, great. You know, if they'll want to do that, at least we'll be making money. He books us on six This is in, uh, this Amazon facility in Illinois. In Illinois, Edwardsville, Illinois. The Caraways were then set up 
for up to six regional power only loads hauling another company's trailer while they continued to wait on their own. Yeah, so out of the six runs that they had set up for us to do, we ran two, and then four, the other four canceled. We don't know when, probably Tuesday or Thursday next week. Okay, great. Well, maybe we'll have our trailer back because Sunday will be another week. Yeah. You know? So nothing on Sunday. Monday rolls around and I get a phone call on Monday morning. You know, hey, your trailer's ready. You need to come get it. You know, you're going to get it today? I want to, but, you know, I'm in Kentucky, dude, you know, and I still got to deal with Mercer and what are they going to do? And so that meant we had to go pick up the trailer, drop the trailer, finish out because Mercer had re rescheduled those four dropped. We went ahead and agreed to do it on Tuesday because we didn't know when the trailer was going to be. Yeah, right. So, I mean, you're grabbing, you know, money where you can. And um, because we could have made you know, four to $6,000 with our trailer that they kept our trailer. So, that's, that's basically what happened. We, went, we picked it up, we came back, we dropped the trailer at Mercer, and then we went up to Kentucky, you know, northern Kentucky, to pick up the next load. Ultimately, they had your trailer for a week. Two days. Okay. Right. A day. From Sunday to from, Sunday. From to Monday. Sunday to Monday, they had it done. We get a call Monday morning. You know. And this is, and from the experience of the truck stop, it's clear this happened to a lot of people. Yes. And some of the, some other guys at and Mercer are in the same situation. And there's situation. five guys at Mercer. All together, five of us. Okay. Yeah. That uh, had this particular problem. Right. And Emerson's when, not going to say anything because they're dealing. Yeah, yeah. They don't want to stir up the hornet's right. nest at this point in time, and you know. And, I spoke briefly with the Mercer rep about the issue, but he declined to comment on it. Indeed. Sending it up the chain, and uh, I never heard back from them. Meanwhile, though, in that moment, as the Caraway's trailer re remained at the Amazon facility going on a week and then more, Gary's blood is boiling over the issue, to say the least. And I'm threatening, uh, I'm mouthing off, I'm threatening suit, you know, cops, you know, I don't care. I'm, <laughs> we just gotta get our trailer back. Something's gotta give. And come to find out, the load they hauled from Vegas was filled with, what else? Customer returns. You had a load full of returns. From, from Vegas going to this warehouse it's all returned so we don't get paid on them anyhow so you know we'll get to it when we get to it really yeah obviously was... you don't care about the truck drivers either you got a man's trailer sitting it's in here it's just, it's just living you know it's different if you're a big corporation something like Swift or something like that they have a whole bunch of trailers you can drop one and get right. another one and yeah. go you know we're one man operation yeah. don't book that kind of operation right. if you're not gonna you know there was some talk of the broker on the load covering $150 worth of layover for the caraways and other haulers similarly affected at this facility for each day they were tied up in the dilemma, plus all the deadhead involved. That, however, Gary says, is small consolation or compensation, as it were, for the lost revenue. If you're a company driver, $150 a day might be good coming back to him as his gross income. But when you've got overhead, then no. It would be nice, Caraway says, if Amazon, quote, got their hand slapped over this particular situation, he adds. But it, it would have to be slapped in such a way that, you know, they would, it would have to be meaningful. Yeah. And I don't think that that's going to happen. They're just too big. 
yeah, and they can huge. do whatever they darn well please. Did you have access to the sheet that told you you were going to have to drop it for two days when you first booked it? It's on my app. It's on yeah. my phone. When you first booked it, so you just missed the note. I just oh, missed the note. I, I didn't read far yeah. enough down on there. Lesson learned in that respect, particularly when it goes for any load in which Amazon is involved, Caraway, said, Caraway says. Unexpected fine print on load and or rate comp confirmations is an issue we've explored from time to time and will no doubt be exploring again in the not too distant future, be sure. In the meantime, some regular readers of my Channel 19 blog may recall sage wisdom offered by way of a reader comment about Amazon's load and unload efficiency, or lack thereof as it were. Way back in 2015 when the online shopping behemoth announced plans to roll out a freight matching app. As the reader put it then, Amazon needs to learn how to load or unload a truck in less than six hours, and that is given a lot of grace before they think about an app. When I go to book a load, Amazon is on the top of my quote, do not haul list, just above Walmart and food warehouses. In short, the company, once called in other reporting, the quote, 800 pound gorilla everybody in the freight world will have to pay attention to, end quote. Amazon is in dire need, sounds like, of a few good lumpers and a dose of respect for the time of working small business truckers. As for the Caraways and their lease with Mercer otherwise, the two genuinely have nothing but positive things to say about their tour through the company's van division load these last couple of years after working as company drivers and having their own authority for a time. They came to the trucking business about seven years ago after long careers as small business owners in other fields. Here's the rest of their story. Gary begins talking about his first trucking work. We started I started uh, a little bit before her okay. uh, with Conway, okay. uh, and 2011. You know, we've been driving up here and went and we worked as a team, team drivers for Conway. Okay. And we finally got fed up with Conway and got our own authority, and we drove for ourselves till 2015, tail end of 2015 when we came on with uh, Mercer. Yeah. Well, why'd you why'd you decide to go with Mercer there? I had already hauled for them. Oh, okay. Uh, um, with their own authority, right. and they were a good company. They paid us right away, and uh, they were nice, easy to get along with. You know, didn't give me any hassles. Um, they'd tell you, yeah, they they paid us Johnny on the spot. You know, right. and they didn't charge a factoring fee. You know, so right. it made it a lot nicer. Right. Uh, plus a fuel card. You know, for the contractor. You know which was interesting, even though I didn't know how it all worked back then, as okay. far as the fuel card and discounts and whatever. I thought I was buying it at a at the cash price right. and found out actually after we came on with them, leased on with them, that all that time I was getting 30 to 60 cent a gallon discounts yeah, you with them, them. You know, and I said, holy cow, you know, I had no idea because I just bought it. I assumed it was cash price. Right. And, you know, hey, right. there's still some money left on the card <laughs> later on, you know, and I, you know, it just didn't ever click because we didn't do back-to-back -back loads. You know, I was in the area and you've got one. Okay, great. And they'd call me sometimes. Sometimes I'd call them right. when I couldn't find a load because we primarily dealt with C.H. Robinson. And then... Because they we, always had loads on. Yeah. But you were using that fuel... You were able to use that fuel card any time, though? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but as long just, as... I mean, I could put half of the load on that card. If they're doing one of their loads, it, yeah. you know. Right for the next four loads, you know, or whatever I had to do. But I hardly ever did that because, again, I was a newbie in that re regard. Nobody told us how to use it. I paid cash or, <laughs> or credit cards, you know, when we had our own authority. Yeah. Everybody gave me a, you know, the spiel for 
a gas card, you know, is, hey, we'll give you two cents off the cash price. Well, big, no. big fleets have, have that buying power, right? So. Yeah, yeah, it made it a lot nicer. So, and I didn't understand all that until we actually leased on, and they got great tire discounts. They get some parts and service discounts. They get, you know, the fuel um, insurance. Is a lot insurance, cheaper. yeah. We in went from eleven grand a year for insurance down to uh, two hundred a month. Two hundred a month, yeah. Instead of eleven hundred a month or thousand dollars. And I mean, when we first started, it was nineteen grand a year under our own authority, and I, you know that was just out, outrageous. So, it was eating us up. And, you know, you you pinch every penny you can that when you're repairs. paying out that kind of money, and yeah, that and repairs. Mm-hmm. Since you've been leased with with Mercer, um, uh, has income like income's better. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's been better. It's been easier when we were before under our own authority than we're having to wait, you know, and pay one and a half to three and a half percent or whatever, you know, to get your factoring. And then it's going to be three days to a week where you get paid, sometimes longer. So, you know, you get your money. And double bills because of that, you know. Sure. Yeah. If you have a truck problem, you know, then, oh, crap. You know, now we got to deal with that. We still got to wait on that. But, you know, we have to. We're in the van business, not we're not flatbedders, right? Uh, and Mercer did not have as much for the contractors um, um, in the van business because that all went to those that were leased on first, and then what they didn't get, then we were able to go on and get. So you know, there was it was slim pickings on the other side. So we went to the Dallas show and talked to them, and they offered a sign-on bonus. You know, so. You know, we we like them. They we were talked good. To a lot we of talked drivers. to them. They've been with them a long time, yeah. and they said there's no. They've been with several other places, and there was nobody like this company. Yeah. Um, and we we since we've been here, the the family feeling yeah. that they tried their best to make it not so corporate. Sure. And I mean, they're still corporate, but you you all the drivers are saying the same thing. We got a lot of drivers from different companies that come back. They try to leave, and they go, never mind, and come back. Right. Because yeah. So what did you guys do before trucking? <laughs> That's a I've done quite question. a bit. I was I was a mechanic. Okay. Uh, mechanic turned body man. and uh, for trucks or uh, cars? Yes. Uh, all the above? Housewife? For potato chips there. I was a Frito-Lay salesman okay. you know, many, many when years I ago. I pregnant seven years ago. Okay. Yeah. I was a route salesman. I, I quit. I was a Mercedes truck mechanic in the beginning, and I switched over to Hondas and Mercedes cars and whatever. And you know, through a series of events, you know, I just you know my I could feel my back as a young guy, you know, wearing on me because you'd bend over all day. I, I did Mercedes and Porsches in a specialty shop back then. And, you know, three and a half to four and a half hours doing a tune-up on a Porsche. You're bent over most of the time. Yeah. And, you know, as a young guy, my back was starting to wear. Already. My knees were starting to wear. And I said, you know, I ain't going to be able to do this much longer. So <laughs> I started looking, and I got a job in the with Frito-Lay as a route salesman. Did that for about five years, and then I got back in the mechanic business. He was a big manager mm-hmm. for Service Master. Yeah, okay. Service Master Industries. I was a housekeeping plant operation manager with them. You know, so, I mean, I've done a couple different things. They moved me around the country, and I just... I, I didn't like what I was doing. You know, I liked the company. I liked what I was doing, but I didn't like where I was. And yeah. the pay didn't get there for another 
began yeah. begin so to get there for another five years. And three kids. We had three kids, so I three had to boys. go back to the automotive business. Yeah. So it's back and forth. Automotive business, and then I, excuse me, went in the body shop business with Mako, and uh, did that for a number of years. And then I was uh, got out of that, and went to be a body shop uh, manager for Mark Three Industries, which we built conversion vans. Okay, yeah, down yeah. in Ocala. No, they're they're no longer there now. Long story short, a few years later, you know, we had to leave and uh, went back, you know, to work for a dealership at a body shop. I didn't like that, so well, got into, I was I became an insurance adjuster. Okay. I deal with insurance all the time in the body shop business. So I worked for Progressive Insurance for a couple years, and uh, they got they they changed management, and uh, they pissed me off. Uh, I, I can work real well with. A lot of people, but when you tell me that I will do this and I will do and that, your own kids I don't concert do that. that you were supposed to go to yeah. high school. I, yeah, uh -uh. my son was about to graduate. He he was in the barbershop quartet. You know, we had a very had a special deal, and I, sure. I missed that after a three month notice yeah. and planning and whatever. And so, and then the boss man cussed me out that night because so, yeah. he said, "You will do this, or you'll you lose your bleeping it. job." You know. And I, well, I'll tell you what, you said that if I didn't like it, I could get me my own blanking job somewhere else. I did. I said, so I left and they demoted him shortly thereafter because everybody heard the conversation and uh, didn't do much it, it went out for morale. Yeah. Well, there, there's a exit interview that's yeah. done, you know, and when I, I don't have any qualms with telling the truth. Sure, sure. You know, so I told him the truth. And uh, he he ended up having a few changes of his own, yeah. you know. And we were the highest ranking office in the state of Florida, okay. which is where I'm out of. And it was no longer under his management. So we became independent appraisers, and, then, and yeah. so I did stayed home and did uh, a lot of the calling and, and scheduling and everything since I was home. I worked out really good. Up savvy, you know. So you know, did that, and when he had. A lot of runs, like two, three hundred miles to do. Then I would drive him, and he'd do the computer work and we'd take pictures and so that kind of thing. So um, the kids were older then, not grown, but they were older, getting close to grown. And um, the problem with that is, this insurance works like this, and it doesn't pay. Well, it does, but barely. You don't save anything. So we started the concrete. So we did decorative concrete. Okay, okay. For four years. Okay, cool. In our 40s. 50, 70, 80 pound bags of concrete. You've done a lot. So yeah, long story short, you've done and a I lot of different things. Yep. And now you've yeah. We'd still be in the concrete business. I tried. We had gotten hit by a girl and damaged my rotator cuff oh, okay. in my neck. So, so I can't do that. So that's when the oh, truck yeah. driving came out. You we were in an accident? Get, yeah. In a car accident? We were. Yeah. Yeah. She was driving. I was, I was, I was doing the computer still. work on one side. The seatbelt <laughs> got me. The seatbelt strangled me here. So I had double hernia and I had to rotator cuff she didn't have any she didn't have enough insurance I'm still working with you know a bum body so I couldn't make it with what we were doing so I had to give up both the insurance and the concrete so the boys were grown so, we said hey let's drive a truck let's drive a truck okay found school close about an hour and a half away so we did the insurance keep our bills paid and 
drove every day over there and um, went to school. Got it, yeah, and got it, got it down, and got it down. Uh, yeah. in Orange Park, Florida. But we, we did it, and um, never looked back. And I was one of fifteen men in class, yeah. and they split us one up woman and among didn't, 15 didn't men. put us together. Okay, because okay. that was important. Okay, um, sure. and it worked out really good because I've I've been around guys. I'm like my dad's little girl, a little okay. boy, because we go to the races and all that stuff. So I've always liked cars and stuff like that. So I ended up marrying a mechanic, of course, and, <laughs> and then had three sons. <laughs> you right, know, it's right. like, and then I was in menswear. I worked in Sears for, uh, I guess the boys were teenagers and they okay. got bored. I okay. said, I'm going to the house and get a job. Now I went, really? Okay. So I went down to Sears, and that was the only place I ever went. And I got a job. I mean, so, um, you know, and I've helped him with every business that we've had in some way yeah. or form. And, so this um, seemed like a natural fit to, for you. Uh, yeah, we wanted to see the country. I'd never been anywhere. I've always been in Florida. Just put it this um, way. I've never driven a car on the snow. Okay. And <laughs> then she gets truck. in the, this business and she's driven I've a big driven truck, a big on, truck on, on the snow. snow. I still haven't driven a car on the snow. But we thought there was a lot more money in the, in the yeah, trucking business. Yeah, like most. Yeah. newbies do you know man you're making tons of money oh, making yeah, four thousand dollars on a load wow wait a second you got to spend two thousand dollars for fuel of course and then maintenance. you blew two tires you know so that's another thousand i made a thousand dollars on that right. job you know now i got to pay taxes and pay for the truck and Ifto, road tax all yeah. that stuff you didn't you, know. you don't realize i mean we've been self-employed for a long long time yeah. but, you know it's a lot different in the trucking business it really yeah. is just like all businesses, you got to watch your nickels and pennies and whatever. Yeah, the amount of money flowing into it and out of it very fast yeah. is, is pretty good. Everybody looks at my bank account. Wow, you know, you, you guys deposit a lot of money. Yeah, wow, you, right don't, back. you don't have a lot of money in the savings account. Though they're generally happy where they are, the Caraways, when I talked to them at Matt's following that Amazon load experience, we're looking around the show floor at flatbed Conestoga-type setups to potentially one day enhance earning opportunity in their leasing fleet's bread and butter open deck division. Best of luck to them, and all of you, of course. Stay safe out there. Till next time. Just as I was wrapping up this podcast, I got a message from uh, Robert Gary Caraway about... about about the end of the whole situation with the Amazon load. Now, here's what he had to say about um, uh, compensation for use of the trailer as it uh, ended up finally. Uh, we did get a settlement from Mercer. They did work out a little over two grand, paying us back for everything, which was adequate, adequate for me uh, for the use of the trailer. So Mercer did their part for us. Uh, there's still the issue with Amazon screwing all of us drivers doing what they're doing there. I would imagine a lot of these companies aren't doing uh, what Mercer is doing, trying to get the drivers paid.